0: Hello, Stephen.
1: Hello, Erica.
0: Happy Canada Day! Canada Day! Canada Day! Canada Day! Canada Day! Canada Day!
1: Canada Day! Canada Day! day. 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 And so forth. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's almost like the incidental music in the opening, sort of almost sings a (laughs) woo, woo, that little ethereal (laughs) female (laughs) voice at the beginning of the Ice Warriors episode one. No, 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 Ice Warriors one <laughs> all caps that's yeah that you were you were taken aback by that
0: yeah okay so so many things at the beginning of this first of all yeah we go from a story with no incidental music to the opening of a story with with some serious moody different strange uh, ethereal as you said female vocals incidental music which is unlike anything that we have heard so far So that was Mm -hmm. a thing. Um, Also, yeah, this felt so cinematic at the beginning because you have the the way that the titles sort of, you know, start out kind of fuzzy and look like they're kind of moving toward the camera as they as they harden into words and then fade, you know, fuzz away backwards again. And the same thing with the one Ice Warriors. Mm -hmm. Ice Warriors one, I guess, technically is the order. It just, yeah, it was it. It felt like a B movie from the 1950s.
1: Perhaps that's what it was meant to evoke.
0: Oh, I, I would assume so. I mean, if, I'm guessing. I feel like that's a good thing to try to emulate because those things are fun.
1: Yeah. And it is, you know, the idea of a warrior, an ice warrior, that is coined in this term by someone who is unfamiliar with their species, is found in the ice and then appears to uh, thaw at the end of episode mm. one. Perhaps that is based on a. 1950s B movie horror movie sort of thing. The thing, isn't it? No, that didn't come until later though. I'm oh. I'm unfamiliar about the the history of different horror genres and
0: tropes. No, the original The Thing was in the 50s, I believe. Was it? Or the The Thing from Outer Space ah. was, I think, the title of the original. And then um and then John Carpenter yeah. remade it in the 80s, and then it got a sequel in the 2010s. Right. Yeah. So. That and that kind of trope has been around for a long time mm-hmm. and is pretty great. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, Cold War, um, the the modern Doctor Who episode, like was so beat for beat the same in terms of the way that the Ice Warrior is discovered and brought on. Like it's literally encased in a block of ice and melts. I just having not had seen this story before, I didn't realize that that was so. So exactly the same. Although now that I think about it, um, that was a Mark Gatiss' story. And when I think, we, Stephen just did the like finger guns pointing at me, like "yep," he, and he's nodding. Uh, now that I think about it, yeah, you had "Victory of the Daleks," which was—he's pointing at me again, people. <laughs> this time with two fingers. Um, "Victory of the Daleks," which was uh, a direct homage. Is the nice remake word, is the nice word. <laughs> um, to power the daleks which uh, was assumed to never be seen again and then yeah cold war has the same exact thing happening with ice warriors it's just like yeah mark gatis is an old school fanboy i i I didn't get a chance to watch this as it aired on doctor who on twitch i just wonder how many people were kind of going ah or did they not oh they didn't show this one did they Three fingers.
1: <laughs> as a gunshot. Yes, we get. They were teased on Doctor that's Who on right. Twitch because that was mm-hmm. uh, the trailer was rife mm-hmm. with uh, Ice Warriors clips, and then they didn't show it, which yeah, is right. probably because of the animation, which sadly mm-hmm. takes up episodes two and three. Not mm-hmm. sadly, it's pretty good animation, uh, but those are the episodes that don't exist. Um, so yeah, so we we get to watch more Ice Warriors uh, so far than anyone on Doctor Who Twitch has.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I feel I feel blessed this Canada Day. Um, yeah, sure. Ice warriors, ice Canada, Canada. It's not cold today, but it's not particularly hot either. So, it, so yeah, in perfect.
1: Edmonton anyway.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes, there are. I'm sure there are parts of Canada that are. Hot. I am sure there are plenty of parts of Canada that are covered in ice and snow, just like the story. I don't.
1: It did snow in Newfoundland like three days ago. I'm not
0: necessarily talking like largely habited. Uh, Parts, but we, you know, the North Pole is in Canada. Pretty sure it's Ooh. for the moment there are still glaciers <laughs> up there.
1: Yeah, not glaciers as we would call them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. That was that was a weird thing to be uh, like watching people who are dealing with in this future the exact opposite problem Mm -hmm. that we have right now like right now the glaciers are melting too fast and making you know the the sea level rise and the acidity of the the sea change because it's being flooded with fresh water and yeah totally they weren't however there was a moment where the they were saying um you know they had correct me if i'm wrong they cut down the number of plants to a minimum and with and then the doctor says no plants, no carbon dioxide. That's backwards. Yeah. Plants <laughs> use carbon dioxide and emit oxygen. Um, I, I feel like the way it was presented here is teaching children the exact backwards like opposite, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that detail before
1: and I'm not sure I've um seen it written about and nor did I mention nor did I notice it here until I saw your head quirk to about a 45 (laughs) degree angle when that line happened Uh
0: I mean I kind of want to go back and watch the scene again just to see if maybe the doctor like his phrasing was just poor but really what he meant was you know no carbon dioxide or not much carbon dioxide and there aren't going to be very many plants because you've starved them out but that doesn't seem to be like the the, the I mean, not that the scientific explanation actually matters in a mm-hmm. story like this the the idea is we have all of these future people and they're sweet ass like like jumpsuit things they're amazing Stephen just did the little okay symbol with his hand yep. um and and they have to, to use their computer technology to fight to save the, the Earth and the environment. So, I mean, it, yeah, the science seems to be really wrong. But I'm not overly worried about the science of Doctor Who.
1: No, I actually quite enjoyed the um, – the. I like Peter Barkworth. Peter Barkworth is the name of uh, Leader Clint mm. in this, who I think is a very energetic performance. I just enjoyed the way he sort of uh, – talked about how the ice age second age, ice age came about and he says and then one one year there was no spring <laughs> and he just says it very dramatically it kind of reminds me of william shatner way actually <laughs> ever so slightly and everyone just sort of like stands <gasps> mm-hmm. you know it's a story time i thought it was really really effective i thought i don't know mm-hmm.
0: no? yeah i like i like him i doctor who does not have a great history in terms of uh of using characters with disability to Mm -hmm. great effect. Many of them are villains and I don't know yet like what, what his, uh, what his overall function is going to be. He certainly seems like an a-hole. I will say that, but a fairly competent commanding, as you said, interesting performance, uh, a hole. And I, I, I mean, I guess I uh, appreciate that his disability, at least at this point, is not, like, part of, of the evilness of his character or anything like that, which does tend to be a thing that, that sometimes happens on television. Um, he just happens to be a guy who, who needs a cane to walk um, and has to sit down and rest occasionally. Mm-hmm. So, representation-wise, I guess it's kind of nice that we see somebody who needs that kind of, uh, those kind of supports on television, but we'll, we'll see what kind of a character he actually... <laughs> Is. I, I do like his cane very much. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm sure it's plastic or something, but it reminded me of uh, Mr. Glass from Unbreakable, the movie with uh, Bruce Willis and Samuel so, L. Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I don't, I watched that many years ago, so I don't remember, but yeah, it's a handy, fa- I bet you it's probably a real cane. I bet you. Yeah,
0: could, could be. Yeah, I, It looks very futuristic, but who knows? Maybe it's an actual glass cane. I don't know.
1: Is it futuristic or is it like retro Victorian actual thing? Maybe no,
0: it's clear and see through, so I don't think so. Victorian, okay. like, would I? I don't know. I would assume it would be wood.
1: Well, it's it's a I I mean, the the story is set in this uh, old historical house, which has sort of been turned into this weather base with you know, which is an interesting little little hook. I suppose you know the you because know, that's often what things are you know when you find a building and like they, they don't build a brand new building for a weather thing they often have an existing building mm-hmm. or something to put something into it and so this is kind of a natural thing to have this old victorian house with a weather system in it and even victoria mentions that hey it's just like my house mm-hmm. and i often to think I don't know the the story of the making of this, but it's almost like uh, we used some stock flats to (laughs) use it. I just wrote a line in, but it makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I figured that because from the outside, you see the, the dome yeah. and it's very futury And in the the weather station itself and in, in that middle room, it's just like futuristic, all white, rounded edges, computer consoles and flashing mm-hmm. lights and dials and stuff. Uh, and yeah, and then in the outer hallways, suddenly we have just like a manor house and I was like ah that's some that's some using sets you got on hand good job Mm. BBC
1: if that's indeed what happened I'm not too sure but yeah
0: yeah I mean regardless it's still it's still a neat it's still a neat idea Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's going back to like the music and the cinematic intro isn't um 60s Doctor Who amazing and how shaped by the director it is mm-hmm. and like each individual story like there's no story there's no style guide really to yeah. doctor who at this point the director comes in and says oh i think we'll make it like this i wonder if the scripts each said the ice warriors one two three and like oh i guess we're making that one all caps like was that a directorial decision or was it like literally just a transcribing of what appeared on the script and then there's a you know the directors had this choice of musician there wasn't like a stock composer for the entire series and so each story is just completely different from the one that preceded it it's very exciting
0: yeah it's kind of neat how there's not the weight of history on the show at Mm -hmm. this point because it's still in its well at the time I'm sure they wouldn't have thought it was in its infancy but now compared to the many (laughs) many decades we've had so far uh we can look back at it and say yeah it's a toddler at this point Mm -hmm. um and yeah so I mean, eventually, you get into the the '70s and '80s, and in terms of opening credits, at least, and stuff, there's it's very cookie cutter, and you know, even in terms of the way that the episodes are are laid out and directed and stuff, there's not a lot of variation from from story to story, mm-hmm. um, in in big ways. Like like I feel like we have at this era era of history, it's not until later, I think, that you really get some of the bigger change. I mean, like think about something like uh, Sleep No More. I, not that I really want to talk about that. You, Mark Gatiss. Oh my God! Yeah, why this is the Mark Gatiss special episode, I guess. Um, but that's just so so out there and so different from the way that it's done. You know, even something like uh, Love of Monsters or mm-hmm. Blink, and you get your Doctor Light episodes. Like, I feel like Modern Who has actually done more to break its own mold than the show did from like not too long after this up until two thousand five.
1: Yeah, I suppose because in Modern Who, they have a showrunner and, you know, a head writer that sort of does, you know, a lot of the scripts. Back then, Ennis Lloyd and be it Derek Sherwin or Peter Bryant or Victor Pemberton or Jerry Davis weren't necessarily writing a lot of the stories. They were just sort of like drafting what they wanted and having stuff come in. So perhaps Mm -hmm. they weren't as, you know, they're more worried about keeping everyone else in line Mm -hmm. than expanding the own their own boundaries themselves because they weren't well a they weren't permitted to because they <laughs> under bbc um rules they couldn't write a story that they're themselves producing
0: yep but i mean but still it, that's and that's part of why it just flew off into its own amazing mm-hmm. direction yeah
1: um so when the TARDIS landed you were like what is going on and you were like very um you you, <laughs> you reacted
0: it was just it was just kind of like one thing after another so we start with this music that's completely different from anything that we've heard and then we get the the cool titles and stuff and then the TARDIS just lands like on its side uh halfway upside down and it was just, with snow on it just like what is what is going on it was just one thing after another after another, and then you had the very sort of Scooby Doo comedy of the three of them trying to get out of the TARDIS and you know kneeling on each other's hands and heads, and then and then the three of them sneaking in and poking their head around the uh, around the wall. That was like super Scooby Doo. It mm-hmm. was just it was funny.
1: What is the, uh, this? That um, it's a recurring trope with Troughton, the uh, the poking heads around yeah. the corner. I'm trying to think. Is this the first instance of it? Mm. I can't remember now. I know he does it later on, um, in various different episodes, which we'll keep. We'll have to keep a, cha- a <laughs> count up for it. But I'm trying to think. This might be the first that we've seen. He might have done it in previous stories that we haven't been able to see. But um, I, I, to my memory, he's probably done it elsewhere, and I don't remember. But this is the first time I've seen such a thing.
0: I think it's the first time we've commented on it. Yeah. Perhaps. Then again, my memory of what we talk about on this podcast is not always I, the greatest. So
1: that's true. Mm-hmm. I forget some things I I say before. Like I probably mentioned the Ice Warriors and Twitch on the last episode of uh, Lazy Doctor Who. But um,
0: yeah, now that you mention it, I think we probably did. Yeah.
1: Well, consider that this mm-hmm. appearance a reprise then of that <laughs> remind you of the cliffhanger from the last one.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that we talked about uh, previously. I was watching very closely to see how Victoria was doing in this story. And I think my headcanon is at least so far supported that uh, Padmasamba uh, messing around and hypnotizing her in the previous story has has done some, some lasting harm. Arm. well I mean I was going to say damage and then effect like, yeah effect there you go yeah it's it, it made a change because yeah at the beginning like she's the the doctor's like oh let's you know see what's going on in here um and she immediately just wants to turn around and go back to the tardis and there were moments that she had that kind of reaction previously but it didn't seem to be necessarily her first go-to all the time uh-huh. and it really is here I mean it, it it's a victorian style household which you know she kind of mentions, I feel like why, why is that the kind of thing that would suddenly scare her off? I feel like just, you know, overall, based on everything that I've seen of her so far, this seems to be the kind of thing where she would maybe want to see what was, see the a, a Victoria that was written by one of the, the previous writers mm-hmm. in uh, would have probably not made that same choice to have her be the timid one that wants to go back to the TARDIS.
1: That's interesting now that you mention it mm-hmm. in that, you know, I, I commented about perhaps the idea of adding, you know, it, the story that it takes place in this manor house to get around using existing sets, which I don't know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, You almost get the point that if it was, I mean, Victoria comes in, says, hey, this is just like my home. You'd think that it would be a warm and inviting place that she would want to Mm -hmm. check out. But then literally seconds later, she Mm -hmm. says, no, we should get out of here. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if perhaps the original script had her very timid, but a later Uh edition wrote in. That, mm-hmm. hey, it's just like my home to cover up the fact, and but they never really tied the two completely different <laughs> viewpoints within the same scene.
0: And I mean, you can pretty easily sort of headcanon that away because, you know, you get the... the uh, un, is there an uncanny valley for buildings? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's it's something that's like her home, except it's very different because it's covered in a dome, a plastic dome, and it's, it's clearly not... Not in this taking place in the same place and time as her home. So something that's similar, but not quite similar enough, might be a thing that's that's a bit creepy. But I think that's stretching it.
1: That could be a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think she should have been a little more gung ho. That's that's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. I look, also. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have another Victoria complaint right. here. Uh, inconsistency. Um, so Jamie is going on about the outfits that uh, the ladies are wearing. Yeah. Very just sort of like. <laughs> lasciviously, um, and she thinks it's disgusting. She was wearing a mini skirt in her first, like f- her first tra- post-Tardis travel right. story.
1: Well, she was wearing just a slightly above the knee skirt in Tomb of the Cybermen, right? And well, she even commented, "It is the one thing gets a little short."
0: Which for her, like that's a mini skirt, for yeah, her, for her. Uh, you know, so like, I, I don't know. I feel like bare flesh seems way more. Like all the way up to above the knee seems way more I can't even think of the right word, but then than these bodysuits.
1: Well, uh I can't tell if, if um they're talking about the bodysuits or the mini skirts or both. Oh, yeah. I think her Victorian values come out in this mm-hmm. um you know, saying, Oh, they're quite disgusting these uh, these outfits and then, you know, oh sent back to our uh African uh rehabilitation zone Oh no, not Africa.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... I just feel like she's t- taken a few steps backwards in this story in in some ways. Yeah. Who wrote this again? Brian Hales?
1: Brian Hales. Mm. She is from 1867.
0: I mean... Yeah, but she's been around by this point and d-
1: didn't... really. She's been to Telos and to Tibet in 1935 and now here. This is only her fourth, third full story since she became a companion. So...
0: Mm yeah you know, I, I suppose mm. I just I don't know the idea that she was wearing a skirt like that and now she finds it disgusting that that bothers me right mm-hmm.
1: Well, as I said about how each story is like an entirely new <laughs> thing for each director. <laughs> yep. sometimes it's new for the script editor too. and this is the time when it's sort of in flux mm-hmm. when the script editors are sort of changing over at this point from from Davis to Pemberton to Sherwin to Bryant and mm-hmm. so it's it's all kind of up in the air a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, I mean, on on the one hand, it's kind of exciting because you do get very different feeling stories. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there are little niggly things like that that kind of bother me.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Doctor Who, I suppose. When you're on for 55 odd years on and off, you have inconsistencies.
0: Okay, you don't get to say that when we're talking about a story that's in its what Fifth, fifth, sixth, fifth, fifth, fifth season, five yeah. Seasons. Okay, so yeah, fifty years short. Sure, this is five. Yeah,
1: this is five. Well, there's mm-hmm. inconsistency here. To, when you're putting together forty-two episodes a okay. year, right. then you're yeah.
0: That is that is much more fair. Point mm-hmm. taken.
1: Uh, is that it for uh, one?
0: Um, I feel like I had so many more things to say. Oh, I I recognized uh, Angus Lenny. You
1: did. You didn't recognize him by name until you and then I said, do you recognize him? And then you said, is that Mm -hmm. Angus Lenny? A younger Angus Lenny, Mm -hmm. you said. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because we recently watched uh, The Terror of the Zygons. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watched it for Verity. So uh, had I not just watched that and had him pointed out to me. And reminded that he was also in The Great Escape. I probably would, I definitely wouldn't have recognized him here. It's only just because we just watched that. Yeah.
1: Angus McReynolds, by the way, was the name of the landlord uh, that you were struggling, you all were struggling to find the name yeah. in, in Verity. I wanted to yeah. correct you at the time.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I tried Googling it, and most places that the credits are listed does not have his last name. We so. don't.
1: We're not Googling you, okay, cool, Home. I hope <laughs> yep, you triggered it because you said yeah. Google and it was listening <laughs> to us. Uh, and, and Angus Lenny uh, as Store, who, as you said, and I, I always thought it sounds more like a Sontaran name than some Sontaran names. Mm-hmm. Um, featured heavily in the uh, second Doctor trailer on Twitch. And that, of course, was never seen.
0: That's so sad. I've come to help you. I got it. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, spoilers for next, whatever that is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm a little embarrassed at how long it took me to figure out who store and his friend were because so they they keep talking about um in the in the weather station they keep talking about the i can't remember the guy's name penley penley yes and how he's not part of this expedition anymore and he's gone and he's the expert but we don't have him anymore and uh and of course that's the guy that's that's walking around outside in the beanie um or the toque
1: thank you where is is canada day
0: it is canada day but this takes place in the uk i don't know what they would call that kind of hat there I would have just grown up calling it a hat. but
1: A wool hat or something like that.
0: Or a knit hat, knit cap. Sure. Anyway, but that's him. It took me like half the episode to figure that out. Yeah. But I felt really excited when I finally put that together. (laughs) You know, him saying, you know, six weeks ago or whatever, they were my friends, but they're not anymore. I was like, oh, finally, light bulb over my head. I got it. Mm -hmm.
1: He's apparently very famous. Peter. Yeah, he's famous in the UK for this is (laughs) pre-fame. He was in the last of the Summer Wine. And I think he is the voice of Wallace in Wallace and Gromit oh. cartoons.
0: Oh my. Okay. that's yeah. the, I've seen those. And they're not cartoons. They're creepy claymation.
1: Yeah. But neither are really in my orbit. So I, I know him from the Ice Warriors and the Little <laughs> else.
0: That's, that's fine. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it then for, for this one? I guess so. Yeah. And there's five more episodes to talk mm-hmm. about. So it's not like we... And the next two are animated.
0: Oh, that's right i have mixed feelings about that
1: what what it being animated mm-hmm. how come
0: yeah. well we'll talk about that next time how about i'm intrigued what
1: a cliffhanger <laughs> i guess
0: if you've been listening to this podcast closely you'll under you'll already know why i have mixed feelings
1: well i we already said that we forget what we say from <laughs> podcast to podcast so that goes for what other people say too mm-hmm. the other people being you and mm-hmm. vice versa
0: Yep, so I guess hashtag teaser for Steven.
1: Yeah, I want to remember that we teased it, even though we'll probably watch it later on mm-hmm. this day. This Canada Day, for which we often do a marathon mm-hmm. of a story, and it looks like that's going to happen today mm-hmm. as well.
0: So happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day.